0: Welcome to Bat Therapy, the psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. All right. We are once again skirting away from (laughs) DC. It's okay. It's okay. We had to. So, you know, Marvel just came out with Black Panther Wakanda Forever yes and so naturally we had to talk about it
1: yeah y'all just saw it a few days ago right yes yeah y'all saw it a few days ago i got to see it a little bit earlier at a critic screening i felt fancy
0: yeah keaton Keden can gloat
1: yeah what'd y'all think did you like it
0: i enjoyed it yes. yeah i i really liked it and i was kind of relieved because I was afraid that the whole movie was just going to be super intense emotions the whole time. And it was nice. For for me, anyway, it felt like there was kind of a balance with other stuff. So I wasn't just kind of in a depressive state once I got out of there.
1: I was the opposite. I felt like it mm. wasn't emotional enough. Like I remember when, the, when both of the trailers came out, I almost cried just watching mm. the trailers. And... I didn't feel that in this. Like walking into the movie, mm. I was prepared for "This Is Us" with superpowers. Like I was just, <laughs> oh, it was God. gonna be, yeah, it was gonna be bad. It was gonna be rough, but it was. I did enjoy it. I really, really enjoyed it. Nam- uh no more. But mm, um, yes, yeah, I thought it was gonna be actually more emotional than they made it, but I still enjoyed it. Kind of long, two hours and like what forty minutes.
0: Oh, was it that long?
1: Yeah, it was long. It didn't... Yeah, it was It was pretty long.
0: I could tell it was a longer movie, but honestly, these days, they seem to be skirting that three-hour mark for pretty much everything. So. Yeah,
1: after it worked in Endgame, they were just like, let's just keep making just three-hour long That's movies. It worked for Lord of the Rings.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, it's getting to the point where anytime I see a movie... I have to time my – because a lot of times we'll, like, get food and drinks, and I have to time when I can actually (laughs) drink anything because I hate (laughs) taking pee breaks in the middle of movies.
1: I do, too, but it's, like, inevitable, especially when you go see a movie at night after a long day. You Mm. know it's a long movie, and I'm like, I got to have some kind of caffeine to get through this. Like, Mm. I need something.
0: See, for me, it's kind of like flights, Okay, how do I, how do I balance my desire not to get up and go to the bathroom, but also not risk dehydration? <laughs> oh my
1: god, I had a, when I was flying this summer, at one point, like I had to goose the bat. I held it as long as I could, and we taxied for so long after Ugh. we landed. Mm-hmm we taxied for like 30 minutes and so i had to get up and people were upset and like you're not supposed to be moving I'm like i'm well aware please just also
0: do you want girl. me to pee on you
1: right like it was yeah it was so back to the movie <laughs> it was a bad experience for me it was a bad experience it brought up a lot of emotion but yeah, yeah. i i knew the movie unlike was...
0: this movie for you right well
1: out okay so it did have emotion it just yeah. Wasn't as emotional as the trailer. I think mm. that's what it was. I was because of the trailers being so emotional. I thought the movie yeah, was going to yeah. be more emotional than it was. But that being said, I did really enjoy this movie, and it is by far the best thing that Marvel has put out this face. Mm. Um, because I don't, I don't count Spider-Man because technically it's Sony, <laughs> and so I'm like, I, I give Sony a a lot of i give sony their their spider-man credit everything else i'm like yeah but i'll give them that Hmm. uh but as far as marvel phase four i think this was by far the best thing they had put out which isn't a high bar so i'm actually selling the movie short saying oh it's the best movie in this phase like no it was a good movie i actually enjoyed it versus i
0: think Part of so first off, I I just didn't want to be super, super brought down by the movie. I'm, I'm fine with some crying and some tears and yeah. so, but I, I, I liked that it wasn't fully that. But what I also just really love about the Black Panther movies is just the really interesting integration of cultures that I'm just not as familiar with. Yes. And 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 they even added more of them with Namor. And I just thought it was really cool. Not only that, but they also took these these different cultures and then also some of the kind of historical stuff around it. And then actually wove in some of that grief loss stuff. Stuff.
1: Oh my gosh, yes.
0: And, and so that, I found that really intrigued because Shuri, Shuri, she's she's dealing with her brother's death and then, I'm hoping people have watched this movie, spoilers are going to be popping up all over. You know we're not good at hiding anything. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, then her mom freaking dies. and ugh. Yes. Um, and then Namor, he never really gets over his mom's death and just the, the death of essentially her I ideal world that got destroyed by colonizers and whatnot. Um so I really liked the interweaving of all of these different facets.
1: Yeah, and the thing that the thing that makes it good, I love a villain that you can pull for. Like yeah. I do. And the first Black Panther did it with, with Killmonger. He yep. he definitely had a valid reason, you know, and they they keep that going again with the more in this, I really love his backstory and everything he went through and seeing what his people went through. And also he's like 400 years old. Like he's really, he's At really old. like he's been, a, yeah, he's been around for a long time. And that makes it even more interesting because he's been holding on to a lot of pain for mm-hmm. a very long time. And it's like, yeah. I don't, I'm not giving any leeway here. I'm going to don't cross me or my Insert- people.
0: And so Shuri, she's still dealing with all this pain and grief. And, okay, so they they kind of show the, the start of the grief um, and her just not being able to save her brother, uh, T'Challa. And then it flashes forward a year and kind of shows her mom trying to help her process things. So this sense of Shuri's not really able to kind of find her footing forward and maybe the best way for herself. And then you see Namor and just kind of where that can really lead her. Also, when she's going through the whole Black Panther process, she sees Killmonger. And so it's all, yeah. I think they do a really good job of just... I mean, she's still functioning this whole time. It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily obvious from the outside that she's really deteriorating and struggling. And yet it's making all of these ties and connections to kind of hint at what's going on underneath the surface for her.
1: Yes. I thought she did a great job. I thought the entire cast did a great job. But yeah, you see a lot of grief from different areas because you see queen deal with it you see Mm -hmm. okoye deal with it nakia deal with it and then yeah shuri and one of the things i really liked too was what they did with mbaku in this movie how he was kind of like there to almost like a guidance counselor for shuri (laughs) at at times
0: I freaking love Mbaku. I loved him in the first movie. He's now he's now one of my favorites. I just there's there's just something about him. I love the the kind of seemingly harsh exterior, but really big, lovable teddy bear guy characters. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I I actually also really loved that part, and and they made it clear in that first movie how him and T'Challa were were bonded. Mm -hmm. And where that was going. And so I loved seeing how that had clearly grown since that first movie. And how he was trying to be there for, essentially, I told T'Challa, I would help you. And so trying to help Shuri be able to deal with things and kind of be a mentor or guidance counselor, (laughs) as you're saying. Yeah.
1: And, you know, one of the things I did like that this movie did is it hits you with more grief while you were already trying to deal with it, which is really, that's, Mm. that's real life right there. It's like, you you know, a lot of the times it's one of those like, oh yeah, the only in, in movies and TV shows, it's like this is the one thing going on in their life that's Mm. bringing them down. Right. Yeah, Unless it's just a montage of pain, right? Like Peter Parker and Spider-Man two is like, God, this guy's life sucks, right? But that's how life normally is. It's if if you're going through something, guess what? It's about to get worse. Like, a lot of the times mm-hmm. that's what happens. And while Shiri is dealing, still dealing with the death of T'Challa, she loses her mom mm-hmm. as well, which is, mm, it's such a gut punch because it's like, damn, like, how much can she take? And honestly, she does... Snapping away because she she Old goes buddy. yeah she and and she even says it she and this is before the mom dies she says i want to burn the world right now and mm-hmm. then the mom dies and i'm like i think she might burn the world like i'm sitting there watching i'm like mm-hmm. i think she might burn the world and i'm like with the elections and stuff coming up i was like i kind of want her to like do it <laughs> do it team team burn the world team well, that's, no more that's
0: the thing is is and, and that was one of the interesting things about it, where when you hear someone talk from these points of view in terms of wanting justice or to burn out the injustice and things like that, we naturally want to cheer for that. And, and sometimes it's, yeah, let, let's take the hard road and take it all out. But... You don't live in a vacuum. And so here she is with this mentality. And Namor has that same mentality. And so they end up actually at risk of essentially demolishing both of their worlds and civilizations if if both of them refuse to back away from this mentality. and And that was just a really... don't know a a really interesting kind of way of looking at it and and just saying hey you know someone's got a budge you've got to find this alternate route uh to be able to deal with all of this but yeah i mean burning the world i I think i mean i I would think most of us have had situations where we can relate to that
1: absolutely absolutely and so yeah throughout the movie like i was completely in awe of, of just how well Letitia Wright did as Shuri, because I, mm-hmm. I did feel like I was able, she did a great job showing all of the emotions she felt like, even her face yeah. when she comes out of that water after she takes the fruit and it's Killmonger that's there. And it's like, oh no, see, you thought you were about to get something wholesome, but let's be real. You feel exactly the way I did right now, and so this is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> I that thought was that was brutal. so cool. I lost it when when he showed <laughs> up, because I absolutely loved his character. But it also speaks to how enraged you can feel when you're completely helpless. It, yeah. it The amount of anger that someone can have when everything is just out of their control seemingly Mm -hmm. it's such a bad place to be like i've been in that place before and it's just that helplessness it's just a rough rough place and that's where shuri was in this movie Mm -hmm. her mom felt that way at one point in the movie when shuri had been kidnapped
0: Mm. oh when she essentially fired okoye i was like oh
1: Yes, Okoye, like, losing her position after, like, that being the thing that she loved most in the world. Like, everybody's just going through it. I I can't wait to watch it again to see if there's anything I miss because honestly going into the movie i thought it was going to be 100 percent rest in peace t'challa rest in peace chat with both mm-hmm. and so that's why i said i didn't feel the emotion that i felt in the trailers because the trailers really hit you with that really
0: honed in on that
1: yeah really hard but then when we in the movie it was more of okay we actually do have to move forward mm-hmm. which is good that is good mm-hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, we do have to move forward. Time is passing. People still need help. People still have to do what they need to do. And so it wasn't a two and a half hour grief fest.
0: Well, and just like you were saying before, life doesn't stop. Just because one bad thing happens, life doesn't stop. It's chaotic. It's not fairly balanced. We don't know why. So just just like something bad happens, another bad thing can pile on top. Just because something bad happens, life doesn't stop either. And I think maybe that's part of why I appreciated what the movie did. Because like you said, it has to. Life has to move on. Things don't stop. The world doesn't stop spinning as much as we might want it to. And I also want to highlight something else that you said that was really Really good. Which you were talking about, just how that feeling of helplessness can really take hold, and how people respond to it. And I totally agree with you that that helplessness comes into play in a number of different places in this. And I love how how you were talking about that that sense of helplessness, like there's no, you have con, you don't have control over anything. There's nothing you can do seemingly, and that I think is the piece that's so dangerous when you feel helpless and it builds into this sense of burn the world down because you can feel so out of control and lose touch with how you can impact things in a meaningful way because when things are really hitting hard, those small ways that we can make impact sometimes don't feel like enough to quote count. But then we can end up in this place where we burn the world down and we actually end up creating more of this helpless, chaotic world than there was even before. And so it can all kind of cycle on to each other like Namor versus Shuri started happening.
1: Yeah. And another thing, too, is whenever you go through things, there's always that moment and you may it the um, the amount of time it lasts varies but you kind of just want to run away and get lost in something Mm -hmm. and that's what i thought about in this movie because i shuri like she runs to her workshop her laboratory and she's just constantly working on things and tinkering and fixing things after t'challa dies and then she does it Uh, She does it again at one point in the movie, I think after her mom dies. But at that point, I think it's when they're trying to figure out like, all right, we got to beat this guy. And yeah, it's I look at it two ways because it's in one way. It's yes, I'm going to try and move on. I have things to do, but. Isn't there a small part where it makes you wonder, okay, are they actually dealing with this Mm -hmm. or are they just trying to stay busy so that they don't have to deal with it?
0: It's a tough balance where I like to talk to people about the fact that we both need to process what we're experiencing, so what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what's happening – We need to be able to process those things so that we can move through them, manage them better, move on to the next piece that can just help us maintain through life. And at the same time, it's also important to have distractions and breaks. We can't just be constantly processing all this stuff, all of the time, it's going to overtax you. It's going to exhaust you. You need to be able to step away. There, But there's a fine line between, okay, when am I creating that balance versus when am I inundating myself with all of the feelings? And so in some ways you might end up getting stuck or where am I avoiding those things? And I'm never able to process in a way that helps me move through it. I keep deflecting and distracting and avoiding. And and once again, the queen kind of hints at that with Shuri when she's trying to encourage her a year down the road from T'Challa's death with, you know, they go to this cool safari place and she's trying to get her to do this ritualistic kind of burning of the ceremonial funeral robes. And so there was kind of this suggestion that, She was doing too much of the distraction piece, not enough of the actual connecting to what was going on for her.
1: Also just putting grief in like a physical component, the the way that their culture says, okay, once you burned these ceremonial robes, that's when the grief point ends. I That was one thing I felt like was difficult, because I don't know mm. how mentally, I I personally don't know how I could do that. Like, oh, I'm going to mm. grieve, but then once I burn this, the grief period has ended. I'm like, that's not, that's not real. I
0: mean, grief, yeah. I mean, they, they talk about stages of grief, and this, that, and the other, and when when will I be over this, or when will that hole be filled? And it, you're right, it's not really... We really want life to make sense and yes. and happen in a linear fashion that we can predict. And it just doesn't happen that way. I don't know. I, I think it, it depends kind of how you, how you take on these things, but in some ways, some of those physical representations when it comes to grief processes can actually be really helpful in healing from a cultural perspective because I mean, a lot of times in the United States, we—I mean—we don't even wear black very much, except at the funeral and things like that. And so, some sometimes people forget, and it's you, you kind of feel like you're riding through it alone. So sometimes these cultural things or these kind of physical components can help pull a community together in some ways, um, and the kind of moving on symbolic piece doesn't necessarily mean that you're saying okay i'm completely over this i'm never going to be sad again yeah but can be maybe that okay uh, taking that symbolic step of okay i'm gonna try and move into this next phase of my life where maybe i've processed it to a certain point and okay what is this next part of life hold for me um because a lot of times with with death comes a lot of change when it's someone so close to you but I definitely hear where you're coming from because yeah sometimes we try and make things so simplistic that it can actually get in our way you know okay I'm over it well unfortunately it's not that simple
1: yeah it's 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 not that simple and so like seeing that part I understood why they did it because it was and it was something that's like a part of I thought it was cool that it was a part of their culture like ceremonially like if once you burn these this is you entering into the next stage and ending the grief period but at the same time it seemed like that it also wasn't something they forced people right to do it's like whenever you're ready
0: which is nice yeah
1: you can do this and that made me look at it a little bit better
0: And also, keep in mind what came with that. It wasn't, okay, T'Challa's gone and I'm good with it. It was actually... So the Queen talked about her kind of process, and then they show at the very end with Shuri, when, when she ends up burning her her ceremonial robe, this shift in a way of... So they they talked a lot about how, for Wakanda, people aren't really gone they looped it in with the the previous movie essentially and um just just how the spirit of the person they still connect with them in certain ways. And what I thought was really cool was how the burning of the robe almost seemed like a symbolic representation of I've found my way to stay connected to this person now that they are no longer physically living here.
1: Yeah. I see that. I see that. That's pretty cool. What did you what did you think as far as Namor's whole motive of just making sure to hide his culture and his people mm. completely away from the rest of the world? Because I I'll tell you, if I were an alien <laughs> and I looked at Earth, uh-huh. I would watch Earth the way that we watch Jerry Springer like I would never (laughs) want to be on that show I would never want to go see that show live but it would be the train wreck that I just could not turn Mm. my head away from
0: it sounds like you would take the invincible comic book series approach to earth as an
1: alien (laughs) Less violent, but yeah, <laughs> a lot less violent. But but yeah, like I couldn't, I couldn't fault him. But at the same time, it's one of those things like, oh, if anybody comes down here, I'm just going, I'm just going to kill them. Like that, that also seems a bit extreme.
0: You know, it it. <sighs> It's tough. I mean, think about where things like guerrilla warfare come from, and I'm not sure if that's the right term for it anymore. But but essentially, when when you don't have the power and there's someone trying to overtake you, that's when you tend to fight dirty, essentially. And that's, yeah. you have to get scrappy in order to survive and Man, I don't know. I, I I think that there's a lot there that I can't speak to personally by any means. But what I would say, I guess from like a psychology perspective, you know, it's it it is really tough. Um, there are such pronounced differences between people based on the culture and the societies that they grow up in, and that's excluding drinking something that turns you into a water breathing whatever and you're gone for centuries right uh i don't know it's it, it's tough because uh his ma mo- his mother's people were demolished and brutalized and and seeing all of that while growing up in a completely separate culture that is uh, I wouldn't say a different species. I mean, we don't know if they're technically that different, but very, very different. To the at, point where yeah. you could see yourself as as us versus them a lot more easily. I mean, you you might not even see yourself as they're humans, we're something different. He even refers to himself as a mutant at one point. I don't know how he thinks of his own people, but
1: And what's bad was he it was it was like a one two combo because his people at first, like before he was born, they were they died of like smallpox, right? Yep. Like they died mm-hmm. of smallpox, and then of course he got older, and he witnessed the like the brutality and the the slavery the slave and everything, uh, mm-hmm. and and colonizer, and so it was one of those things. Like, all right, first they brought disease, but also they're horrible people. My people aren't going anywhere near these folks we're going underwater and we're staying there and we're gonna thrive and there's so many of them they didn't even really touch mm-hmm. on just how many there are because what we saw in the movie i think they said, that's just the capital city right that's just and even said they're washington have... dc
0: yep we have we have more people who can come and obliterate you, trust me. <laughs>
1: yeah, what was this line? He said, We have more people than you have blades of grass in Wakanda. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, Oh I mean, the
0: ocean the ocean's a big place.
1: It's a big the place. Ocean is a big, it's a big, big place. place. <laughs> they also have the power to give Orca whales the ability to just go down and be happy in tropical waters. That's oh, yeah. that's something.
0: Right. All right. right. So, this is some of that tricky bit, you know there. There's there's always kind of that conflict between what are different ways to try and resolve conflict, and when is violence necessary? When is it not? And I don't think those are easy questions because, unfortunately, we as humans aren't as innately good all the time as I think we like to believe. Otherwise, I think the world would maybe be a calmer place. But at the same time, how do you make sure that in protecting your people and your society, you don't end up actually becoming the next new colonizer essentially
1: yeah D- taking it back to dc die hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain
0: <laughs> there you go there right. you go yep
1: yeah that's a that's a really that's a really good point one other th- one other thing that i uh i, I noticed here is is just how in moments of stress and grief and high emotion you can do things that might not be logical
0: Oh absolutely It
1: happens all the time with uh Queen Ramonda when Shuri gets kidnapped mm-hmm. she she goes to Nakia and she's like look Nakia I need you to go underwater to these people and rescue shuri yep and i was like okay so that's nakia's role but then at the very end of the movie in like the post credits you find out that oh yeah uh t'challa and N- nakia had a son together and mm. uh the queen knew about the son and i'm like and mm. i thought about it's like did the queen just almost orphan? her grandson mm. sending the mom on like a yeah. 007 level mission. I mean, I understand that she's, she's good at it, but. She also hasn't done it for years. Right. But yeah, at the same uh, yeah, like she's good at it. But at the same time, I'm like, that was a hell of a risk to take. Like, mm.
0: Not to mention in those same breaths, she fires Okoye from from her position as the general or whatever. That hurt so bad. And you could see the rage and the anger and, hey, you know, maybe this is proving it was, wasn't the best call, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to take Shuri along. Okay, yeah, some kind of consequence to the action makes sense. But it definitely seems above and beyond, even based on a- a- everyone surrounding her is kind of like – um She's literally the best person we've got. I mean, if no. you know, no one's perfect. Da, da, da. Absolutely, when when emotions run high, it's not the best time if you have the option to be making major decisions. Sometimes you don't have that option, um, and and that's one of the really tricky things about. These kinds of situations, like war, for example, you don't really get the kind of breaks that you do in civilian life. True. Uh, You know? And and so sometimes you're having to do things when emotions are running high. It's why a lot of times you're training your troops to essentially act now, feel later. Yeah. And then when they become civilians again, then there's a struggle because that that same strategy doesn't work in, in the civilian world where it's peaceful anyway. Yeah. Uh, during peace times but yeah you know the it's hard to you were saying respond rationally so essentially we gotta we have to be careful when we have the option about um reacting to things not giving ourselves the time and the space we need for just your brain to rebalance a bit so when you're feeling and reacting really strongly the your frontal lobe the front of your brain, literally, that this is where your higher order thinking, your problem solving, your what we think of a, a, as a lot of the the human things that that help us be able to um, do a lot of complex stuff. That stuff shuts down you're not able to use that part of your brain when your emotions are running wild and you're just having to respond quickly to the situation. So that's why these seemingly irrational things tend to happen.
1: And it's interesting because as soon it happened to the queen. And then like soon after that, it happens to Shuri and gosh, Mm the more says like the coldest line. It's like some along the lines of bury your dead. You're the queen now. Like, oh, yeah, that was and I, was, I, I got chills. I'm like, that was cold because it, Shuri has not had time to process anything. Like, I mean, I
0: think her mom's literally dead in front of her when he says yeah. that.
1: Oh yeah. God, like face down in the water. It's just brutal. Yeah. It's just brutal. And Which the- is also
0: a shame about Namor because he's essentially trying to turn her into him.
1: Yeah. And honestly, he almost succeeds,
0: yeah yeah
1: he he almost succeeds because i mean she she was gonna she was gonna kill him, she really was yeah. gonna kill him except that oh, yeah. like last ditch effort, and she got a chance to speak with her mom at the end, and like she decides like hey, and it was one of the things M'Baku was saying, like listen, if we do this, mm. we're entering into a life. Uh, uh, an eternal war with these people because yeah. they don't view no as like a friend. They view him as their God or like their, mm-hmm. he is their protector, their warrior King, all of the above. And she, she thought about the big picture at the end, which is what made her a good ruler. And another thing I also liked is that at the end, Instead of being like, all right, I got to step up and do exactly what I need to do. Mm. She still takes time for herself. Like she doesn't go to the big ceremony to be the new queen and all that. It's like, oh, she's not here. She had something to do. It's like, I need to finish dealing with this grief. I know I can't be 100% focused on that until I take care of this. And what's yeah. bad is a lot of the times when we deal with stuff like that, we don't have that time. We don't have time to deal with that. We don't have the the PTO, <laughs> you know, to mm-hmm. to say, hey, I need to step away and, and get myself together before I try and yeah. continue doing my job.
0: You know, I, I think that that's a, a good point in terms of life is not set up for a lot of people, in a way where you can literally take that step away from everything. Right. And at the same time, I, I think you're pointing out something here. Because technically, if you looked at her and what was going on, a person might say she, does, she doesn't she does have the ability to step away. Sometimes we we have to get creative or we have to... Work around the details in one way or another. Obviously, we're not all queens, so we can't all get away with certain things. There, you know, there's a trade off, Uh, but you're absolutely right. It's important to be able to take those moments. And depending on where you're at in life or what the logistics are, sometimes that's a lot more complicated than others, but it's so important because. If that's not done, then a lot of times everything that's already going on for you just compounds and multiplies upon itself so that you you end up with less and less and less and less and less relief over time. So how can I take those moments where I'm able to and okay, may I might need to make a few sacrifices along the way for that, but where is the sacrifice worth it? where it's it's gonna prevent all of this to, from just building on top of itself until it all breaks down? Because sometimes what happens for people is they are unfortunately, life, it just seems like there's no other option than to push and push and push and push. And then they're in the hospital with a, a medical or a mental health condition or, Thing, they, they literally, their body doesn't allow them to do things. They stop being able to function. These are things that do happen when your body is not able to find that that path to some release. So, yeah, you're right. It, life does not always make that easy by any means, but it's so important.
1: That brings me to uh, brings us to a mindful <laughs> nerd moment. Do we do we have one? Please.
0: We do. Okay, we, do. we do. We do. We do. We do. We do.
1: I love that I'm sounding like I'm surprised that we have one, but <laughs> I feel like after like some of the topics that we discuss, this needs a mindful nerd moment.
0: You know, it does. And uh, I was trying to figure out what to do. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. And then I realized the movie gives it to us at the end. Yeah. So Shuri gets to a point at the end where she does what her, her mom was encouraging her to do, which granted, you know, teach their own different people different ways to process. But she is in Haiti, I think. Uh and she is burning the funeral ceremonial robe. And you see her become more attuned to what she's experiencing so that she can pick up on her forget if it was her mom or her brother, but picking up on on their spirit essentially surrounding her and so I thought this was a a nice moment that we could use for a mindful nerd moment because it is essentially because sometimes when we feel something intensely like sure we shut it off we we say nope but if you don't find a way to say okay this is what's happening you don't get to that next step where you find that inner peace that connection to what's going on around you that can help you through so, yeah, I thought we would kind of put ourselves into that moment with Shuri okay. out on the beach. And you love the sand, so there you go. I, do. I I learned from recording these that Keaton hates grass, but he loves sand, so there you go.
1: It's not that I, okay, it's not that I hate grass. I hate uh-huh. walking barefoot in grass.
0: I just don't understand. That's like one of my favorite things to do, but sans, whatever.
1: Sand spurs, which sand, but it. <laughs> Another time. <laughs> whatever. Whatever.
0: Well, let's do this mindful nerd moment. <laughs>
1: this is about me. Not about me.
0: <laughs> so we are going to sit straight but comfortably. And if you're comfortable with it, closing your eyes. If not, just no, not focusing on anything in particular in the room. And first, just take a few deep breaths just to to help you center yourself and focus in on the fact that we're about to start a mindful nerd moment. And with those breaths, I want you to start picturing yourself as Shuri, just like I was describing with the movie. You're out, you're on the beach, there's a fire in front of you. You're sitting in the sand. You've got the, the ocean and the waves coming in and out uh, in front of you on the beach as well. And you have with you a funeral ceremonial robe. And I just want you to imagine what this might feel like as Shuri—the memories of family lost, the the harm, the hurt—and imagine yourself choosing to accept those feelings, so that you can also choose to place that robe onto the fire and release some of that pain and hurt. So that you can also remember their smiles and you can remember their memories, the impressions they had, how they've guided you in the past. And really take in the crackling of the fire. Notice how the robe changes color and starts to degrade as the fire takes hold. Notice how, as it disappears as the material it once was, it becomes a part of the fire and ash and embers and smoke that rises up. And it goes into the air around you. And you notice it flowing with the breeze. And with those crackles of the fire, the breeze in the air, the smoke coming up from the disintegrating robe, you're able to feel the presence of T'Challa. And just appreciating his spirit being there, even though it's different, it's new, but it's there and it's warm and it's crackling with the fire. And it's enveloping you with the breeze. And you take in a deep breath. And exhale that breath. Releasing some of that pain and tension. Being able to take in that sense of comfort and peace in the air. And let's just take one more moment to appreciate... The sand, the beach, the waves, the crackling fire, the embers and smoke, the moving breeze, and how it ties us all together with a breath in and back out. And now that we've helped Shuri with burning the robe, we share gratitude with Shuri for being able to take this moment for herself, a tough moment, and yet also a peaceful and calming moment. And now we're going to start shifting from that beach. So we'll breathe in as Shuri, but we'll breathe out as ourselves. We breathe in at the beach, but when we breathe out, we're coming back to where we are listening to the podcast. And we take one more breath as we shift completely back into our own space to finish chatting about the mindful nerd moment. How was that?
1: I really, really liked it. I really liked it.
0: Oh, I was afraid you were gonna hate this one.
1: Nope, I I liked it. I did because honestly, it took it it took me back to the movie because when she's reminiscing, it's one of those things where it kind of goes fourth wall and it's like this isn't this is part of the movie, but it's mm. not really part of the movie because honestly, this it was. In movie, mindful nerd moment where it's almost like we 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 got a chance to say goodbye to mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman and the uh, character yeah. of T'Challa, and so it was it was really good, powerful moment, and it was one of those things where like that I did feel emotion there. Yeah, I I did yeah. feel emotion at 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 that part, which I felt emotion throughout the movie. It just wasn't the the level that I yeah. thought it was going to be, which is, and, yeah.
0: And here's the thing. And, and here's why I was afraid you might not like this one is, okay, we're talking about heavy and, oh man, this might be, this might feel like one of those heavier ones. But I I, I think what you just said just rings really true. Being able to say goodbye, being able to get in touch with those emotions is not is an important part of finding peace with it. And peace isn't always the right word for each person in their grief process, but being able to find that way forward a lot of times it it takes pausing in that hard moment to be able to do it. Being able to grieve and hurt. And, and that, yeah, I, I agree. That was one of those really strong moments in the movie.
1: Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Thanks for nerding out with us.
0: I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. Find me on social media at Crafting the Mind.
1: I'm comic enthusiast and professional nerd Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at Team JBS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.